Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast, and here's your host. There's oh a drive, deep right field, say goodbye. Hey, Lloyd, <laughs> do some delivery for the truck to the airport. Michael Preston. Welcome in to another quarantined edition of the Kook Center Hour, part of our Continuing my favorite event series, we just did our big 1997 season mega cast. It needed two parts, and the last part needed just two games. If you haven't listened to that yet, but I encourage you to do so. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do, a lot of fun to talk about, and a lot of fun to just edit and all that other good jazz. It was a lot of fun, but now we're like over a month of doing this quarantining crap and. We don't have still no live sports to talk about. Boy, is that a, like I I've, I've been discovering that that was my escape from a lot of things. And when you don't have that, it's hard to escape the rest of the craps. <laughs> oh, uh, until that time returns, we're going to continue doing this series, the My Favorite Event uh, series. Uh, and this time we're going to talk to our very own Zane Murphy here at KookCenter.com. Actually, a high school classmate of mine uh, as well at Woodenville High School. And I think. You know, I've I've had so much fun putting these shows together, but I I, I think for kind of a separate reason, this one, at least content wise, is 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 my favorite because the the entire point of this series was, you know, I think obviously we're gonna talk about like that USC win, like I talked about, and the Oregon win, like PJ did, and then the '97 season, uh, like PJ Sherwood, Jeff Scott, and I talked about. But this game is, it's it's not it's from a pretty nondescript season. It's from the 2005 season and it is an Apple Cup win, but it's not like it's this, you know, it didn't come in this big grandiose season. It didn't happen and have huge significance in any way other than being a rivalry win, but for so many reasons for Zane himself, this is his favorite thing he's ever gone to involving WSU. And I think that's part of what makes this series so cool is that it doesn't need to be, you know, like this game that, you know, sent Wazoo to the Rose Bowl or was at the end at the end of ESPN game day or was a nationally televised game where you beat the top five ranked USC Trojans at home. It doesn't need to be something that big and grandiose. It's just whatever was your favorite thing, whatever was this person that we get to interviews favorite event to go to. And I think that's what makes this one so cool. So we're going to talk about the 2005 Apple Cup with Zane here in a couple of minutes, but I, and you know, this game is, it's definitely a, you know, there was nothing on the line other than pride in this game for either team. 
And it was definitely a game, like I described earlier, there were no stakes in it other than other than just getting to have the trophy. So it's it's really cool from that standpoint that it's this thing where you get to learn a little bit more about the person and why it was important to them, not necessarily the game, because also the game was not very good either. But it was important to that person, especially for what happened after the game too, which might be... <laughs> It's well, I'll let I'll let Zane describe it, but it it's it's wild to say the least. We'll put it that way. So, we'll play the fight song here. Stick around, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Zane Murphy's favorite event, the 2005 Apple Cup in Seattle. <laughs> here on the Coog Center Hour and we are now here to discuss a game from you know we always we kind of started this my favorite event series and we didn't put any prefaces on it it didn't need to be during any particular season it didn't need to be any particular sport for that matter we've just done all football to this point uh but Zane Murphy of CoogCenter.com is his favorite game we were talking about this before Zane it comes from the worst season of any game we've analyzed so far and that of of all the ones I also know I have in my back pocket that we're doing going ahead, uh, it it is it is from a four and eight four and seven or four and eight season. They were not very good this year in two thousand and five. No, they were not. It was a it was a four and seven season where we started three and zero and then lost seven in a row. <laughs> <until> <laughs> Africa. That sounds vaguely familiar. It sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, We'll get into uh, the 2005 Apple Cup, which is the event you've chosen as your favorite uh, here in a little bit. I want to start out, though, as as we kind of have throughout this series with where you were in 2005. Because as some Kook Center folks may know, you and I have a connection. We went to Woodenville High School. I don't know together or if you graduated before I got there, but we both did go to Woodenville. We grew up in the same kind of neighborhood uh, in Woodenville. So where were you at this point in 2005 in your wazoo collegiate career so i was a freshman in 05 okay so, so we did go to high just, school together and i feel even more embarrassed by that yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all, no don't worry i was not cool and i'm always terrified when i see people looking at me like they recognize me and thinking they're from high school and i don't remember who they are so, so then i have even like a, i have even less of an excuse of not knowing you because i am all of those things as well yeah, I have a weird fear about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I was sim- a little similar to you. My my folks are from Montana. Um, we moved to the Seattle area to Woodenville um, when I was in kindergarten from Texas, and uh, my my dad played football at the University of Montana. My mom also went there, and so we were kind of your typical sure root for whoever. Uh, so growing up. You know, I had Coug gears. My my cousin played baseball at Wazoo. 
Um, and, but I, I was cool with whatever, you know, I kind of rooted for the Huskies, mm-hmm. kind of rooted for the Cougs, kind of was a little bit whatever about it, really cared about, uh, about the Grizz and, and the University of Montana. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've always remembered though about the Cougs growing up was, you know, they'd be on ABC, um, from time to time. And I remember the stories of Keith Jackson talking about going to WSU and, and that always really hit home. I'm just being like a cool thing. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, it really, that, um, was a key thing for me of wanting to go into broadcast journalism potentially. And so, um, I was looking at university, I was looking at Arizona state, WSU and university of Montana. Montana has a pretty good journalism. School. Yes, they do a very good high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, my, my dad desperately wanted me to, to walk on and play football at the university of Montana. But <laughs> the thing about me is that I have my mother's build. So, uh, I am <laughs> very slight of frame. And uh, not built like my father at all. And so, uh, you know, I, I remember we, we, we were able to get uh, on the field, before, you know, once uh, when I was in high school to just kind of be on the sidelines during a game. And I remember looking around at everybody and I was like, I will immediately die if I take my dad up on this idea of walking. <laughs> like, horrible idea. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I was trying to figure out where to go to school. And when I visited Pullman, um, I just completely fell in love with it. It reminded me of small town, Montana, mm-hmm. um, a girl I was really into who is now my wife was already there, which also helped. Uh, and, um, you know, so I, I, uh, signed up and I went from like kind of being cool with UW to like just deep seated hatred, like immediately. Like, yeah, that'll tend to happen. Year, that'll, that'll, that'll tend off. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, came came back to you know came back from, uh, I think came back from alive and uh, some some kid from high school made some comment to me about how I couldn't you know oh you must have not gotten into UW and I hadn't even applied so it was just like instantaneously was like oh I hate you guys <laughs> um, I've since matured a little bit you know I'm not so filled with sports hate and rage uh, you know but it, it can flare up from time to yeah. time uh, so I was uh, yeah so I was a freshman. Um, First game of the year was against Idaho. It was on a Thursday. I remember the buzz on campus. It was a, it was warm out. Uh, I remember my English teacher was kind of excited that football was happening on a Thursday. It was also kind of mad because nobody was paying attention in class. No, God, And no, then no. Uh, the first get, first play in Martin Stadium, Jerome Harrison goes 80 yards down the, down the sideline mm-hmm. on the student section side for a touchdown. And I was like, we're going to the Rose Bowl. You know, we're the best team ever. I I I didn't know WSU was like lovable losers or whatever. I just remembered them beating Texas in the Holiday Bowl. And I was like, oh, this is just more goodness. We're just, we're going to win. The sophomore, Alex Brink, just a little bit better and a little bit more sure of him competing in the spring girls was a deficit to him and something that, uh, that, that made their decision a little easier. And the quarterback's best friend and outstanding running back in Jerome Harrison on the first play of 2005 for the Cougars goes 80 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, that kind of that reminds me of what Sherwood said, you know, in, in the first part of our mega cast about the 97 season was you kind of came into that with, the, you know, that blissful ignorance of, oh, well, this just always happens. This is how this always goes, right? This is how good this team always is when nothing could be further from the truth about Washington State football history. Um, I want to touch on, again, something we kind of talked about before here is that 
if if you are a more recent Coug fan, you know, like a like a younger student or a recent grad, or even you're just brand new to Washington State football, and you were so frustrated by the 2019 team in terms of all the offensive firepower in the world and you know a defense that uh, I'm using a terrible metaphor, but couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat bad. Uh, this 2005 squad was for you because it's Alex Brink, it's Jerome Harrison, who may be the best player a lot of people still don't know about in Wazoo, very recent history, Brandon Gibson, Michael Bumpus, uh, Trandon Harvey, who is, again, we're just talking about all this offensive firepower all over the place, and they went 4-7 and seven because they oh, yeah. gave up a ton of points ton of points oh yeah and that was for me with my context for wsu that was pretty confusing honestly coming into it because mm-hmm. when i was in you know, when we were in high school will dirting was just all the rage i mean he was all american oh yeah uh you know i remember vividly tuning in when the Cougs are playing at notre dame and and uh you know his sack and forced to fumble and um you know his story of growing up in okanagan and and having not even having a phone and you know how he even just how they found him being just from, from rural Eastern Washington was just so cool. And so coming into WSU, I thought oh, we've got Will Dirty, man. We got a, we got a killer defense. And then, you know, reading about the team and uh, you know, in, in the buildup to the season and then seeing the ghost, you know, do his thing in those first few games, I was like, Oh, you know, we're going to just completely own. Um, and instead it was just like the defense just could never, it was just every game, something would happen. That was just completely backbreaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and by, by the time we were rolling into the apple cup, I mean, I started to have that sense of pending just dread and doom, you mm-hmm. know, about every game, you know, we were, we would be ahead and it was just like, what's going to happen. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, well, and I, you know, I started to cut you off there, but you know, it's, it's again, it's these similarities of, Three times they scored 30 points in a loss. One time they scored 41 in a loss to UCLA we were reminiscing about as well. Because if you, uh, if, if your, your, uh, the thing you collect is bad losses to UCLA at home, Washington State might be leading the pack because at one point in that game leading up to this Apple Cup, they were up four touchdowns, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, it was, yeah, and, and UCLA was ranked. I think they were ranked like 11. Uh, number 11, yep. Yep, number 11. Yeah, um, you know, so second quarter and, you know, Cougs were up 28 to twenty-eight to 7. So I don't know if maybe maybe they didn't get up by four touchdowns, but they were up, uh, yeah, they were, they were I think, up by three touchdowns in the third, late in the third quarter, maybe mm-hmm. the start of the fourth quarter. And I remember the crowd was chanting overrated at UCLA. And, and at that point I had kind of figured out what was up, you know, that, that, you know, and that was, we'd only lost two games, you know, break through four picks on the road at Oregon state. Stanford had lost to UC Davis the week before coming to Pullman. We lost to them by three. And so at that point I was, you know, when we were chanting overrated in the student section, I was like, Oh, we're going to lose. We're totally going to lose. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, up three touchdowns. And, I, and it was like, it was one of those things too, where it was like, you know, Maurice Jones drew who went on to have a great career in the NFL was on that team for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was walking around um, on the field with his shirt off before the game. And he looked like this just iron bowling ball of a man. And, uh, you know, and he was looking around at the crowd and just kind of taking in Martin stadium. And you mm-hmm. can tell that he was 
ready to do something crazy. And he just completely took over uh, this, the second half of that game. I mean, it was just every time he touched the ball, it was big yards. Uh, and and you know, I think he finished with, you know, uh, not that impressive of a, of a game overall. You know, he just got over 100 yards rushing. He had like 80 yards receiving. But he just had this sense of like he was always going to do something crazy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the Cougs ended up losing in overtime. I can't even remember how. I imagine we probably just like missed a field goal or something, you know. Um, <laughs> that's usually how that goes. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's usually pretty good. Um, so the lead up. Uh, to this Apple Cup, which again, I, I need to keep reminding people, used to happen before Thanksgiving. God forbid it happens that way anymore. Uh, right. Were two losses by three points each to Arizona State and at the time, number 11, Oregon. Um, so your sense going into this game uh, is not exactly great, though I need to point out, as was the case, a lot in this time frame, kind of that mid-2000s time, Washington was not very good either. They finished the season one and seven in the conference actually finished with a worse overall record than Washington state as they were wanting to do when Ty Willingham was the head coach. Yeah, totally. I mean, they, uh, I, I think what I remember laughing at them for getting just, just yammed on by USC. Uh, you know, they had gotten smashed by Oregon and then mm-hmm. they had to go, I think number one USC came into town. They had one win against Idaho at the time and, uh, and they were, you know, puffing their chests out about they're going to shock the world and the Trojans just crushed them. And then I think maybe the BCS rankings came out the next week or something and, and SC wasn't number one in the rankings and Pete Carroll printed all these shirts that said, leave no doubt on them and uh yeah so you you can imagine what an omen that was right so we go down to la and uh i'm pretty sure jerome harrison did his thing you know he had a good game but the Cougs lose like 55 to 13 so you know we got humbled as well the next week but most of the other losses were were so close i mean every loss leading up to the apple cup was by three yeah yeah so yeah the arizona's yeah right asu and oregon was three points uh cal four so nears makes no difference and then yeah three against ucla three against oregon the other the biggest uh margin was 11 against oregon state on october 1st that was the other biggest margin so again you know it's that right it's that 2019 team where when they're losing it's frustrating as all heck because my God, it's right there in front of them with this football team. Totally. I mean, it was it was right there, and you could you could see the talent ever. And the defense wasn't so bad that it was like uh, it was ridiculous. You know, I mean, you think about like Pac-10 play at the time. I mean, you're you know you're giving up 24 points or 27 points. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're still get, you got a shot to win. So it wasn't like we were you know a dumpster fire by any means yeah. or anything. It was more just the breaks weren't going your way. Uh, so we were, you know, and, and my context, you know, everyone the year before, um, you know, who was, who was a sophomore or older that was still on campus, you know, the Cougs won, uh, in Martin stadium against UW. I think it had been, uh, a, a while since they, that we had won an apple cup, um, in 2004, uh, God forbid it was since 97, but it may well have been. So I, d- um, I don't want to, I don't want to dig through that to find out, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, let's save both of us the heartache for that. Yeah. Um, and so the, you know, me still being completely, you know, I remembered, I re- um, not to bring up even more memory, bad memories for Coog fans. You know, if you were, if you were a Coog fan in the early two thousands, maybe skip the next 30 seconds, but you know, I, I remembered, you know, the, the, the backward pass game and, and all of that when the, 
tubes are really good. Um, but I was just asking my friends, you know, hey, what's going to happen? And, you know, they're oh, hey, we rushed the field last year. We're gonna we're gonna smash you up. And then I'm looking at the, the their record, and their one win is against Idaho. Um, and now they they upset Arizona the week before Apple Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arizona had beat UCLA the week before that, and and uh, UCLA at that point was really good. So UW then, you know, via the transitive property, was like, we're the Pac-10 champions, guys. Yes. Which we were all, we were all like, you have two wins and one Pac-10 win, you know. And 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 granted, <laughs> you know, their their response was, well, you have no Pac-10 wins, <laughs> you know. Which is like, okay, it's not entirely unfair. I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Excited to come to you know to, to uh, come home for for Thanksgiving break and mm-hmm. um, you know to get ready for the game you know be there for Apple Cup and enjoy time seeing friends you know as a freshman year uh, and and I think that was and, and Facebook mind you was was kind of a brand new thing yeah this was and, I think it was uh, you had to have a college email address to to even have it right i mean that that's that's yeah. how brand for those of you who don't know you did used to have to have a college email address to get onto facebook right yeah before facebook really took a, a hard left into psycho town yeah um, it used to just be a bunch of college students and so and and so all of a sudden you know you just you had people you just had this this you know uh, your wall was just like this place people could just post whatever and uh, people were all of a sudden all these UW people were so chirpy all week I could not believe it I was like trying to fathom how on earth were they so chirpy and it was just like everybody I would run into back in Woodenville they were they just all had these little comments and ja- you know just little jabs about WCU and I was just like don't you know our like we've got the ghost man and Brink and we're so good, but the record just didn't show it. Um, and uh, and so you know we had we had gotten tickets through the student section, uh, mm-hmm. for, to be in the student section, which was hilarious. You listen to the mega cast about the the wooden bleachers and just how horrible those seats were, and that you know nine or eight years later in two thousand five. Uh, same thing. I mean, it was the worst setup uh, ever, and they had made no updates to it. Uh, but the thing that I remember going into the game was, you know, we, we, we uh, parked at the park and ride in Kirkland and we grabbed a bus, the bus over yep. and all the UW fans were, were decently nice, but you could tell it was very pat you on the head kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> like, very, oh, uh, like you like that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. where it was like initially you thought um, it was it was friendly, and then it was like the first time I realized what somebody from the South means when they say "bless your heart." You know, it was. Oh God, was my like kinda... my my wife's um, grandmother says that to me, and it just and she's from Virginia, and it just every time she says that, I I have to look at her and go, "You don't really mean that, do you?" And she just kind of <laughs> shakes her head at me and right. goes, "Of course I don't, dear." <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, and it wasn't it wasn't broad brush by any means, but mm-hmm. it was uh, where every single person was being kind of that way. But yeah. you could definitely pick up on it, um, which again was just a weird experience. Where I'm sure they're looking at you know, if you, if you look at it through the context of a UW fan, they're like, "Come on, man! You're the Cougs are are three and six or three and seven. You've you, you've lost every Pac-10 game. You know, of course we're going to pat you on the head." And yeah. Me without my context for for any of this was like you're crazy. Uh, yeah, you know, but so, that, so we yeah yeah now now you have the context for it. Unfortunately. Oh my gosh! Like, I, I, oh yeah, 
Yeah. I've got to have the context because I love Wazoo and WSU in my experience, but there's, you know, that's the other thing of what I feel like wrecks me about the Apple Cups now is that there was a period of time, you know, from 04 to 2012 where it was actually a game when we weren't, yes. you know, and, and, and granted UW wasn't good, but um, it's still, you know, we, we still won a fair amount of them. And so, yeah. you know, having it be this foregone conclusion now is just rather painful, partially yeah. due to this experience. Well, we'll talk about this game in particular because it, it is your favorite memory and it, it goes back and forth for a while. We'll get to I what I think is your highlight here uh, in a bit, but it, it goes back and forth all game as these games are wanting to do because when Washington State wins, it can never be by a lot and it can't be stress-free. <laughs> so we go into the fourth quarter, Washington State up 5, 19-14, and then Washington retakes the lead 22-19 just a few seconds into the fourth quarter. So after that, and we're sitting on a three-point lead for the Huskies, how are you feeling at this point in your rotting wooden seats in Husky Stadium? <laughs> oh, um, you know, I'm pretty uh, pretty much thinking it's it's a done deal. I mean, that touchdown was scored by UW at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, and they went for two, and they got it. And it just felt like, it's, of course, you know, this is what's happened all year. Um, and there was this really intense, uh, just frothy tension in the student section, you know, before the game, the Utah band came, came by and they turned around right in front of us and just blasted the fight song. And everybody just immediately grabbed like whatever they could find and just chucked it at them, you know, <laughs> newspaper, you know, your cup, whatever you could find. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Craig powers of, of Coop center fame. Um, you know, he was, he was very prominent figure in the student section around campus in the zoo crew and at football games. And uh, I don't think I've ever told Craig this actually, but um, I don't know if he was in the front row, but I would, I had this vision that he was, he was there because he mm-hmm. kind of always was. And there was this sense when that happened of like, we're rushing the field. When we win, we're rushing the field. Okay. And for them to have scored and have been ahead in that moment and feeling like that was taken away was just brutal. So, uh, yeah, so just, yeah, totally so brutal. I mean, we'll get to that in a little bit because I don't want to spoil the ending. But there, you guys had this feeling that if we reach at, at that point, that if we finish this game at the end ahead, there is nothing keeping us off. The, you know, again, these teams finished six and sixteen combined on the year, but there is nothing. <laughs> there is nothing keeping us off that turf if we lead at the final gun. Totally. Yeah. And I think there was some jawing between the players, either the prior year or that year leading up to it uh-huh. about that in some way. But, um, and, and, you know, again, I did I wasn't that as a student in my freshman year, I wasn't that plugged in yet to where I am now, where I just can't get enough information about the Cougs. Right. Um, it, and it was more just the, the general vibe of like, you know, how I, however many students there were, maybe a thousand or 2000 or however many tickets they sold, where it was just everybody instantaneously snapped together of like, Oh, we're, we're rushing the field when we win. That's just what's happening. <laughs> like no questions asked, which was just the craziest thing. No, yeah. Looking back on it. Just a thousand yeah. people, just a thousand people make the same decision. Uh, so Alex Brink is well known as the Husky killer. He's the only Washington state quarterback to beat Washington three times. He actually won two apple cups in Seattle and he did this one in a similar fashion that he would do the next one in 2007 a late heroic long pass 
Well, not a long pass. It didn't, wasn't in the air a long time, unlike his one to Brandon Gibson in 2007. This one to Trandon Harvey in the flat. A safety over-pursues for UW, and Harvey is just free to the end zone. So from where you were sitting, just describe for me everything about that moment from the snap of the ball to when Harvey gets into the end zone and what was happening right after that. Oh, man. Um, well, I think there's – so it's important for the, the buildup to that moment, too, on that drive because the um, you know, the Cougs missed a field goal uh, after WSU – or, sorry, after UW had, had scored to take the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were down 22-19, to 19, um, so that was, you know, painful miss. And then uh, UW punted, we punted, and then all of a sudden you get the you get the ball back with only four minutes to go, and you can you know that I mean this is pretty much it. Yeah, um, this is pretty much it. You know I think uh, um, ever there was definitely a, the, that intensity, and uh, you know on that drive, uh, and the thing about this game too that is so crazy is I feel like there's there was a few players who had so much potential, um, you know that fans of the current team or people who are younger, you know, we just never even necessarily know these names, but this game, they all just kind of came good on it. And one of those guys was Cody Boyd. Um, Mm -hmm. And so on the drive, uh, you know, to to open the the drive, there was a penalty, a holding penalty um, on second and six. So now you're at second and 16, which you're just, uh, you know, you're, you're really nervous now that we're, we're going to, you know, maybe even go three and out here. And so we run into a third down and, uh, Brink finds Cody Boyd converts, which was just huge. Um, and Cody Boyd had just been one of those guys who kind of kept showing up and he showed up later on the drive. There's another third down and he converted as well. Um, and so we're in a good spot, but we're not by any means close to scoring and we need a touchdown. You know, we're like at the UW 40. Um, and so there was just this, there was just a, this thing of like, okay, maybe this is going to happen. Uh, but also that foreboding feeling that we have as Cougs is just kind of, when's the other shoe going to drop, you know, what's, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, you know, and, and, and there was just that, that sense of, you know, we kept trudging along and converting out of tough situations uh, and, and, you know, feeling like, okay, maybe we're going to do this, but also we're probably not. <laughs> uh, and, you know, yeah. Uh, so what do you see when Harvey catches that pass and he gets a couple of good blocks one bad pursuit angle and he's free to the end zone. What, what is going, what do you see? What's going through your head? Yeah. So we're in the, we're in the end zone by the lake and they're driving away from us. Yeah. So, you know, and kind of a thing that became a little bit uh, before memes were a thing was WSU's love of the bubble screen. You know, we ran the bubble screen like crazy and it seemed like it was almost never effective. So they line up and right when the play starts, we're, we're running a bubble screen on, you know, on second and nine. And it was like, oh, man, we're going to be in third and eight here in a second. And uh, but what you start to see as the play, you know, um, you know, plays out is that UW didn't get lined up. They weren't lined up correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Harvey catches the ball. And, you know, that bad angle is partially because the guy was just not aligned. And, you know, he catches the corner. And one of the cool things about the way they used to do the away section at Husky Stadium before they completely ruined it, which, by the way, you know, shouts to Husky Stadium for having the worst away fan experience yeah, for how they close. place everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But there was, you know, the the alumni were all in the opposite end zone. 
so we couldn't you're you're so low in terms of your angle you can't really see what's going on you can you can sense that harvey's breaking down the sideline but you can more just hear the, all the air leave the stadium you know because husky stadium was still pretty loud even though the, the teams weren't that great that day mm-hmm. you can just hear all the air leave and it be replaced by the roar of the away section just coming at us like a wall of noise, like washing over Harvey as he's running into the end zone toward us. The Huskies run in the game. They try to run with Grayson Gunheim and Manasseh. Oh boy, Brink does a great job of pulling the ball down and splitting the game and getting positive yardage. A minute 30 left. Harvey down the sideline. Look at this, he's gone. Justin Poparty shouts to, to Poke. Uh, he's sitting uh, on the other side of my then girlfriend who was sitting to my right. And he had the right side of his face painted crimson. No, nothing on the left side. And uh, when Harvey runs into the end zone and you can just hear the noise, you can't really tell what's going on. You just know we've scored by how insane everyone's going on the other yeah. side. And you hear the, the band strike up the fight song. And uh, we, it's just a mosh pit. I mean, it is just an utter pandemonium in there. And uh, somehow, you know, Poke is basically, his right side of his face is two people to my right. And I get red paint all over my sweatshirt, <laughs> like completely covered. Because we were just like swimming over each other, just madness, just the release uh, that, that Harvey had scored. It was just the best. It was like, yeah. Uh, there would be a little bit more of a release of emotion, though. Uh, the game ends. Washington can't score on their final drive. You make good on every, or everybody makes good on their promise to end up on the field. And then I think it's it's really funny because again, as I mentioned, these teams were horrible. They were not any good by any means. But it's just again the importance of a rivalry game. Um, one of the more iconic pictures I think in Apple Cup history. <laughs> Um, comes out of this because the students rush the field and then a bunch of Husky fans get on the field. I mean, what a surprise. CMS doesn't do their job right. Um, and so all these fans who are have spent the last three-plus hours hating each other are on the field now. And there's this very iconic photo of a Coog flag being, like, torn in two separate oh, yeah. directions by Coog and Husky fans. Is that what the vibe on the field was kind of like after that? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, so so Harvey scores, and there's still a little bit of, of tension in the crowd because it wasn't like it was an at the buzzer. Yeah, it was. There was a there was a minute twenty to go when he scored. Yeah. Um, so you know, Adam Braidwood sacks uh, Isaiah Stanback, and Stanback was an incredible athlete for at quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. he just he was a, and he was you know could make plays, and so there was this nervousness about what was going to happen and once it became clear once they turned the ball over on downs you know we all just pushed right up against that same fence that uh that that kyle and everyone was talking about that was at the 97 apple cup it was like the same fence was there yep and we are all like jawing with cms they're looking at us and going you're not getting on the field and we're like oh oh really we're not getting on the field (laughs) and uh you know the second the bell rang the same you know fence just Bam! Slams down, and I remember grabbing my then girlfriend, now wife, Kelsey's hand, and uh, saying, "Remember this moment as we rushed out onto Husky Stadium's field, and we get on the W, and we're jumping up and down, and then all of a sudden, I have that moment like I had on the sidelines at that University of Montana game, where I'm like, I am in the wrong place, <laughs> and that's because I am bouncing." 
bouncing into WSU football players who are like throwing hands with UW football players. And I, <laughs> I am like, my head is, I'm about to get decapitated. I am not where I, I should be. I should not be in this location right now. <laughs> no. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, they clear the players off and then it's just, I mean, people have lighters out and they're trying to light the W on fire. Oh God. Uh, they, uh, oh Yeah. They're doing just completely horrible things to the W, having fun. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's there's this sense in the crowd in the same way that we all knew we were going to rush the field when the band kind of played the fight song at us. There's this sense of, hey, you know, something is afoot. Uh, and it was that the UW students had entered the fray. And so, um, you know, me being slight of frame, I, you know, I would say I'm more on the lover, not a fighter side of, of the spectrum. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, you know, all of a sudden there's, it's just chaos out there and all these UW fans are out there and, and these two UW students, uh, one of them grabs my cougar hat and he just takes it off my head and I'm looking at him like, hey man, give me my hat back. And he tosses it to his friend and they start playing like monkey in the middle with me with my hat. Now there's, I, oh wow. Now there's a, there's a game name I have not heard in a long time. Monkey in oh, the middle. Wow. Yeah. I know. And apologies if that's like an incredibly inappropriate game name. I have no, I have I no know, earthly but, idea uh, if it is or not. Yeah. We kids. Um, and we, so, and all of a sudden something comes over me. I mean, I have never punched someone in the face in my life. And the, and the guy tosses my hat away and I grab his shirt and I look at his friend and I say, I'm going to punch your friend in the face over and over again until you give me my hat back. <laughs> and, and, uh, and his friend goes, give him the hat back. Give him the hat back. <laughs> he knew you weren't kidding. He knew you were not kidding. It's that mob mentality when everybody's out there. It's like, it just like something comes over everybody. Uh, right, yeah. And, okay. You know, and so, yeah. So he gives, me my, he gives me my hat back, and I put my hat on, and then I turn and take a step away, and then one of my good friends, uh, who was a couple years older than me, had seen this whole thing going, and he just comes and clotheslines the guy to the ground. Oh, jeez. So the, hold on, hold on. the moment after I get my hat back. So hold on, hold on. This poor kid complies after receiving a threat from you. And he pays for it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time, too. My friend, his, he's a big guy. He was oh, not like me. He was man. a big dude. And he I mean, and he didn't punch him or anything. But, I mean, it just, like, WWF just, like, came off the ropes, full head of steam, just clothesline, <laughs> forearm to the chest, <laughs> decleated him. Um, Perfect. And, and so the and so the, you know this it, it's uh it's just a it's a melee on the oh field, yeah no I can imagine and, yeah um, and uh, but the thing that it produced which I think is why it's it's uh, it's such like a, a, a visceral and still clear all these years later memory was um, everybody met up afterwards in the parking lot and it was just swapping stories of like oh what did you see on the field okay what happened to you what where were you okay did you see that okay you know what happened. And, uh, and, you know, two of the guys we met up with who are still two good friends of mine, uh, to this day, Rob and, and Charlie, they're brothers. And, uh, they are front and center in that iconic photo of yeah. trying to pull the cougar flag away from the UW students who uh -huh. had tackled a, the WSU player who was waving it. Um, uh, 
And uh, so it's always fun every Apple Cup. You know, somebody has turned it into like a Christmas card type thing where it's, you know, it's something like, you know, peace on earth and goodwill to all is yeah. like the caption. And it's yeah. fans fighting over. I think I, my, my favorite meme of it is like, look, even Husky fans want the flag. It's just like, you know, even right. though, like, not even remotely <laughs> the case in that. Right. Uh, that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing about this, where when Husky fans try to tell us they don't care, that's the game where I'm like, you guys were bad, and we, I think we're good, but had a bad record, and still it popped off. You know, it still popped off. It's it's just all that emotion just boils over anyway, and it's you know we can all we can. It I I think I've compared it to like the little brother. You don't you know like yeah you can make fun of us for being the little brother, but we're always gonna be there for you. Don't worry about it, bud. Don't right, worry about yeah, it. When Oregon goes yeah. back to whooping you on a regular basis, we're always gonna be here for you. That's our point. That's our right. lot in life, I suppose. Uh, yes. You got a wife out of it. You got kids out of it. Uh, so that's a pretty darn good memory. Uh, for a fellow Woodenville alum. So thank you very much, Zane, for sharing that with everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You know, it's uh, it was fun walking down memory lane with this. You know, the 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 same uh, the same bus that we that we had taken from the park and ride that was all full of getting patted on the head, UW people. It was as quiet as a library on the way back. You know, which was great. And uh, some old guy called. You know, swore at my wife getting on the bus and. Yeah, we uh, we we landed in in Kirkland, and then we we made our way to this little restaurant called the Slip uh, for some nachos, and uh, it was us and and another friend, and nobody else was in there, and there was just one guy working the uh, restaurant, and uh, they were just playing the highlights over and over again on Root Sports or Fox Sports Northwest, whatever the yeah. name of the station was. And, yeah, we just sat there taking it all in, you know, watching the highlights over and over. You, you know, you kind of knew even with the crazy ending, it probably wasn't going to end up on Sports Center, so you had to drink it in right then and there. And uh, it was one of those things that kind of sealed my my hatred of, of of UW and my my insane love of WSU all in the same moment. And you know that. And the, the last thing I'll say about that game that was just so wild about it was, you know, uh, in the in, in the newness of Facebook, it, it just pulled out the true feelings of all these people who were so sweet that went to UW about what they actually <laughs> felt about Wazoo. You know, I remember uh, the student, the classmate of mine, sweetest, sweetest woman, and uh, she posted a picture of all of us on the field with just F Wazoo, just bam, right there. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, you know, it's just those, those state school folks from over there, but uh, we came from a very classy place like Woodenville, except back in the day when, yeah. when we grew up there at was a barbecue joint and a quiz knows where all the winders are so it doesn't really count thank you again sir and i appreciate it so very much yeah thank you this is fun Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.